1: up everybody welcome to the opening line brought to you by the believe podcast network i hope you guys enjoy episode 43 how about you just come follow me
0: let's get into it Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started.
1: What's up? What's up, everybody? This is the opening line. We are your host, Whitson Roz. It has been a crazy hectic week. I have just been promoted. Um, I am now an assistant to a manager, a partner manager at our company, Principal Entertainment. So my life has just got exceedingly difficult um, but it's exciting we're we're moving forward and I'll be back in Chicago where it is blistering cold as I've heard um, next week so wits how's Chicago are you handling the snow Are you handling the cold or are, are you gonna make it out alive am I might be able to
2: see you yep the uh, the long johns are officially out for 2019 and it's not even winter yet so uh, they're gonna be out for a long time it's gonna be a I think a pretty long cold season here. but I was going to say,
1: you brace the cold, though. Like, you are one of the few whose job you have to go door-to-door. How I many pairs of Long Johns do you need?
2: Uh, usually just two. Wow. two long, that's still a lot breaks. for most states. Yeah, it's all right. Deal with it. From Chicago, you expect it. So. Do you need a song
1: to hype you up? Miss Jackson by, uh, by Panic at the Disco. That gets me rumbling and rambling every morning. Get up. I've been getting up. I haven't been texting you. I understand that we had this workout thing. But I was up this morning, and that was a song I was playing. Wits, quick run through some big news that we've got. Kentucky, number one in the country, goes down to little small town team Evansville on Tuesday night. It was an insane win for Evansville. A lot of crazy stuff has been going on. I mean, we see Michigan State drop games. Um We've seen a lot move in and groove in in college basketball, but we don't have enough time this week to get into it. I just wanted to cover the fact that Kentucky went down, and the reason that's also important to me is because Kentucky is your favorite to win the national title, or if not, at least make the final four. Your big UK guy. I didn't know if you had any defense here, or if this is some early season jitters, or if this Evansville team, who has a top 100 recruit and a top 30 shooting guard who transferred from Kansas. I don't know what you know about it, but they took a bad spill. It's one of the worst upset losses in the last decade, so I thought I'd get your quick take on it.
2: Yeah, it was super embarrassing. I mean, I, I'm not a big college basketball guy, but that that definitely was something I was looking at. Uh, home opener, 25-point favorite, and uh, definitely not the way you want to start out. But, Roz, for me, the uh, NCAA regular season is a lot like the NBA. It just doesn't mean a whole lot. You know, most of the best teams make the tournament, and if you're on the bubble, then that sucks. You should have played better. But NCAA regular season is, I mean, I think just to basically talk about it like we're doing right now, but there's nothing really that exciting to me because, obviously, you know, if you get in the tournament, you got a shot to win it all, and, you know, Kentucky's going to get there. It's just, this sucks for them, but we'll get past it. I think they're still a very good team, just uh you know they they just got flat out beat they got smoked by Evansville um they're going to come back from this but you know NCAA regular season I'm just I can't get that hyped about it basketball me, in general I get hyped
1: because of these games because I think Evansville now go into their conference with a bunch of confidence and we could see that team later in the year when it comes to March but you're right it's a long season that's why we'll have more time to talk about it at a later point Which big baseball fan, I thought we should address the fact that DeGrom becomes the 7th in the NL to win two straight Cy Young awards and Verlander wins his second Cy Young award 8 years after the first one. So, what's your takes on the Cy Young name or honors going out? I know this is this is your
2: position, so you probably have a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it was awesome to see Jacob DeGrom take home another Cy Young. I think he was definitely deserving. Uh, you know, he got 29 of the 30 first place votes and look at a guy who I thought might have had a little bit of a shot was Hyunjin Ryu um, from the Dodgers. He was the ERA leader in the league, so he finished in second. Max Scherzer came in third. Um, but like you said, DeGrom, he joins a, a pretty great list. Randy Johnson, Tim Lincecum, Clayton Kershaw, Scherzer, Greg Maddox, and Sandy Koufax on the list of NL back-to-back winners. So, you know, kind of started off the season slow, but... You know, he was awesome down the stretch and, you know, posted a 189 ERA, you know, after the first few starts of the season. So awesome job by DeGrom, definitely deserving. Uh, The Mets didn't do too well this year, uh, so hopefully they can get a couple more pieces around because he's just such a great pitcher, such a great fit for Major League Baseball. Then we go to the AL, looking at Justin Verlander. Uh, This was a toss-up between two teammates, actually. Garrett Cole and Verlander were... Just lights out for the Astros all year except in the World Series Justin Verlander he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer but if we look at his World Series stats he is over has not won a World Series game yet doesn't take away from you know the great career he's had and he wins a Cy Young eight years after his first one so this was an unbelievable year by a guy who's 36 years old uh, you, you, you don't see too many guys at that age performing at that level so he went 21-6, and six, led the AL in win, and innings pitched uh, second in ERA behind Garrett Cole and second in strikeout. So two great guys, uh, and I'm very excited for the MVP announcement tomorrow because I'm really not sure who it's going to be. But good season for baseball. A couple things going on with the Astros and a little videotaping uh, espionage here, but we'll see how it all shakes out. What
1: I say, even though it was political, I've, I've fallen off the Astro bandwagon, but – We'll save that for next Major League Baseball season. We will probably talk about the MVP next week. But it's kind of a bounce back week for us. Both three and two on our college slates. I once again with LSU. LSU being the only SEC team I've correctly picked this year. When me and you go to head go head to head, LSU plus six and a half. And boy oh boy, there might have been a late eighty-three yard touchdown by Alabama, but LSU came out roaring. And Ed Ogeron might be one of my favorite people ever. Roll Tide? Fuck that. I love Ed Ogeron. Big onto that. Honestly here, LSU, I think it's making claim to what could be the next dynasty here at the NCAA Division I level. And they look good. 33-13 at half. Wits, you did not cover this bet. Tell me your initial takeaways from this game because for me... I think LSU is ferocious, and they're they're ready to bear down on some
2: teams. Yeah, Roz, they are ferocious. Um, I know this game ended up being five points, but you know if you watch the whole thing, it really wasn't that close. I mean, the first half was an absolute domination by the Tigers, and you got to give a lot of credit. Alabama, they did show some fight there in the third, early in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, Roz, LSU. I think I think you could say that they kind of spanked Alabama around, and they are the clear-cut number one team in the nation for me right now. And you know, this is an exciting time because I don't know if they're going to start off the next dynasty in the SEC, but for right now, I think you got to think the Tigers and Joe Burrow—they're the team to beat. Absolutely.
1: And you said it. Joe Burrow is the guy. I think that was the Heisman sealer. And I know we've got more game switch, but that game alone, I think has him being almost a unanimous Heisman voter. And again, we know how voting works at the Major League Baseball fame level, at the MVP levels for most sports. Nobody wants to be unanimous or be given unanimous votes by the voters, which sometimes I don't dis- uh, agree with. But Burroughs has been beyond impressive. If you landed on his 201 to win the Heisman, you are looking to make some quiche on this in that investment. But LSU, super scary and wits. They move to number one, bumping Ohio State down. Clemson gets to three. Number four, I am spacing on at the moment, but I know Georgia Uh, leapfrogged Alabama.
2: Yeah, Roz, I want to get your take on this because I know Georgia has a couple big wins. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Florida. They did lose to South Carolina, though, so I'm questioning a little bit if they should be at number four right now, Um, but you know, if you're an Alabama fan... I think both
1: of us are going to have good takes on this, you know? Like, I don't agree. But I don't agree like you don't agree. I think Alabama hasn't put up a schedule this year. They haven't faced anybody serious. The only ranked team they've (laughs) played...
2: But that's not real. You know, if you think about it, Rod, it's not this their is your, fault. This is
1: your Patriots. This is their fault, Xander. You it's don't think Nick Saban can get on the phone with any coach and be like, hey, we're scheduling you non conference. does it mean to
2: be the official bank of the SEC? Oh, CBS. are the bank right? for waking up with the sun. giving them a spot here. That was actually ESPN. It's very um, disappointing. That was, they were very really getting into this episode. Well, I only have one tab up for CBS and it's just the main page. So I was, I was kind of confused. Um, but yeah, Roz, getting back to the rankings here, I mean, Alabama, I don't think it's their fault that their side of the SEC besides LSU absolutely stinks. Like there's only there's only so much they can do but it's about non
1: conference wits. I'm not talking about their conference because their conference alone is good enough to get them in. But this year they played Duke. That is the most noticeable team name on their non conference. And I'm okay. not the only one saying this. This is like
2: well known I- by many NCAA fans. Roz, I'm not disagreeing with you that their schedule isn't very good, but from my from my side of the table, and I'm I'm giving Alabama the benefit of the doubt because of how good they've been the past, I don't know, decade or so, but isn't it possible that, you know, they're the second best team in the country. They just happen to lose to the best team in the country. I mean, isn't that Well then well okay. Well then you're taking away Clemson
1: like benefit of the doubt for Clemson then, and I think you would do the same defending champions, 10-0, how are they not the best team in the country if you wanted to play that game?
2: It's not last I'm, year anymore, Wits. It's I'm a exactly. different Alabama team every year. No, I know. But, I mean, if you look at their schedule, I know it's not strong. But, I mean, look at – before they lost to LSU, I mean, look at the outcomes of those games. I know those weren't very good teams, but they their average margin of victory is like 25 points. So it's not like they're playing a weak schedule and playing down to those teams. I mean, they beat Duke by 40. They beat New Mexico State by 50. They beat South Carolina by 25. I I know, but like... Missouri by 40. Like, I don't...
1: Your only claim there is the South Carolina one because that does look interesting when it comes
2: to matching them up with Georgia. Again, now that... I mean, they also beat a top 25 Texas A&M team on the road, who I know is not having a great year, but... I think that that's still a decent victory. I don't know. That
1: Texas A&M team got beat by a lot of teams on the road. I mean, Auburn went in there and beat them. And <laughs>
2: like I said... Clemson, Auburn, very, and Alabama. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it was a signature win, but... I know,
1: but I, you're naming teams that could... Well, Clemson is ahead of Alabama, and Auburn's going to get a crack at Alabama, and we'll see how that goes at the end of the year. But for... All we know, they're done at that point because they won't get an SEC championship game. And I think they need that this year in order to get in. They're not getting in one loss, not a championship team. And you can see that the committee is looking into championship teams because look who's sitting right behind Bama and Georgia with Oregon and Utah at 6-7. and And the fact that they're getting higher and higher only means if they stay on this pace and they play that Pac-12 championship game against one another... I think they get in for the first time in a while. I think the Pac-12 will have a representative, and I think Oregon's (laughs) making a big case. Do you remember what you said about the Pac-12
2: at the beginning of the year? I think they
1: suck. I hate the Pac-12. I think they get in, and they'll get steamrolled. I'm just telling you what the committee's doing. I can only go off of what's evident in in front of my screen. I don't think either of them are 6 or 7. I put Oklahoma at 6 or 7. I put Penn State maybe at 7. Minnesota getting a little more love, 9 and 0. I think Minnesota, who's going to get thrashed by Ohio State in the big-time championship game if they get there, uh, I don't love the Pac-12, but the committee has clearly shown Witt, that this year the Pac-12, if they can finish out where they, at, where they are at right now, that conference champion is going to get in over Bama and Georgia.
2: And that's, I mean, I think this kind of goes back to our original argument, is we should have more teams in the playoffs. But no matter no matter how many teams are in it still comes down to a bunch of people like us. I mean, not exactly like us, but a bunch of human beings in a room making a decision that's kind of arbitrary, right? There's no there's no formula that says this team has X amount of rating in our system. It's, it's all kind of, it's a judgment call. And, you know, Roz, if you look at Utah and Oregon, I think you'd have to say both of their best wins are against Washington, which to me is... I mean, not that impressive. Yeah, but it was a ranked Washington, so that's basically the same argument for Alabama,
1: and I know they're completely different teams, but they have a very similar argument to Alabama.
2: And Oregon went out of their way to schedule Auburn. No, they don't, don't because Alabama lost to the number one team in the country. That's their only loss. Still a loss, and still a team that's going to be without a conference championship. Hey, Hey, if it makes you
1: feel better here, Wits, here's what I'm
2: saying because you're giving I think you're giving credit to Oregon and Utah where it's like their best wins going to be Washington and then they get to play each other for the conference championship and that's probably going to vault them over Alabama and I just
1: No, I think we're I don't, we're, think, I don't think we're disagreeing. I told you I don't respect the Pac12. I think for the first time ever on this show, I'm not being opinionated. I'm being factual. I'm seeing what the committee's doing and I'm telling you their mindset. And yes, I've been listening a lot about this and which, what I was going to say, if it makes you feel better, my four right now, if I could put four in, would be LSU one, Ohio State two, Clemson three, and then Bama four. Because I think Georgia, with that loss to South Carolina, I think they should still be behind Alabama. Not to mention, the way they played against Kentucky, I think would drop them down. Because Alabama hasn't played sloucher games, and their only loss came against number one, like you said. I think is still ahead of Georgia, but I see what's happening, and I'm not going to disagree with, I think conference championships should get more leverage. And if it's the freaking Pac-12 this year, then let it be. But I believe more so in Oklahoma. And the fact that Baylor went down a spot after winning and going to 9-0 really tells you that they don't respect the Big 12. And I think they're eliminated currently. I think Baylor could go undefeated and
2: they will not be in the playoffs. And, that, I mean, that that's a whole nother ball game because, you know, if you're going to tell me that a Power 5 team is going to go undefeated, win their conference, and not get in the playoffs, I think that's – I think it's I guess, insane. It's the nature of the beast, but, I mean, don't tell me that that's fair.
1: I don't think it's fair at all. Like you said, especially being Power 5. But, look, their best win could only come over currently number 10, Oklahoma. Like, that would be the Big 12 championship
2: game, and that's okay. not going to be enough. But okay, but hear me out here. If Baylor wins the Pac-12 and their Big best 12, wins over Big 12, my bad. And if their best wins over Oklahoma, you're telling me that's not more impressive than Oregon or Utah getting to the last game and beating each other? I'd have to Apparently side
1: with not. Again, dude, I agree 100% with you. But the committee does like the fact that Baylor went down a spot and the fact that Oklahoma is sitting at 10, I, I it's very telling that they I don't think they value the Big 12 this year. And there isn't a road in which I see, unless, I just don't see, you need teams to lose, I guess, in order for Baylor to have a realistic shot of getting in, which is ridiculous. I completely agree. Um, I Hey, I'm all for six teams. I think it would make it easier for us to plug in teams here. But we've harped on it. I have my four. Again, I do have Alabama still in the playoffs if I can make my own college football playoffs. But we're going to have to move on. Wits, like I said, we went 3 and 2. Both of us lost that Penn State game. Minnesota, shocking display. Let me tell you, like I said earlier, I think they're going to smash by Ohio State if they do run into them in the Big 10 championship game, but they they proved us wrong. We both hit Iowa. It's a classic Big 10 game um going down to a 2-point finish. You were on Illinois, massive win for you. I was on Oklahoma, who came away with a one-point win and arguably should have been their second loss of the year had Iowa State converted the two-point conversion. You had Iowa State, so that was a nice W for you. And I took Baylor, knowing they'd go undefeated, and minus two wasn't a big enough spread for them. So, wits, we come into the new week, four top 25 matchups. Me and you agreeing on every single one except for our last bet. Um... I'll, actually, no, we're two for two. We agree on two, disagree on two. And I'll let you start off with your two-unit play against me. So let it rip, Wits.
2: Because, <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah, actually, let it rip, and then I'm going to just tear you right down. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my first play, I'm going back to the well, and I'm taking Notre Dame this week, minus seven uh, against Navy. I like it as a two-unit play, Roz, because I think Notre Dame, I mean, it was a horrible effort by Michigan. It was my play of the year, and they didn't come.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Covering your bases here.
2: Yeah. We got back on track with a a 38-7 win at Duke last week. Notre Dame looked really good, and I think they're just a much better team than Navy, and I think the touchdown spread here is not going to be enough, and I think if this game gets out of hand, which I think it will early, Navy's not the type of team that comes from behind very well because they run the triple option, so... You know, my thought is that Notre Dame's going to get out to a fast start and they're just going to make quick work at Navy and the midshipmen. And uh, I like it as a two-unit player.
1: Again, they were your play of the year earlier this season. When one of the most ridiculous games, I it just didn't seem like you to bet that game. Uh, your disdain for Michigan, your, dis- your disdain for Notre Dame, I think clouded your judgment. And I think it's clouding it again. I mean... I'm riding Navy plus seven in this game. They might only run the triple option, but I don't think Ian Book is explosive enough to really get that big of a lead on them. I'm going to ride, man. I think Navy is going to take this one, even potentially winning this game, shutting down Notre Dame, and once again, proving that they need to join a conference if they ever want to earn a college football playoff berth again. That's just my take. Which we're also disagreeing on the Oklahoma Baylor, which is interesting because we were just talking about this. This is pre Big Twelve Championship because once again, there's no conferences in the Big Twelve. Everybody plays everybody. This, this, this in itself ends the national champion or the college football playoff push because if Baylor wins, Oklahoma would be their best option to face in the championship game. If Oklahoma wins, that just knocks out Baylor, and Oklahoma won't have anybody to play to impress the committee. So this is it. Honestly, I think this is the worst time for this game to happen. I'm on Oklahoma minus 10. You've got Baylor plus 10. I'm interested on both the take of your pick and the take of the statement I just made.
2: Yeah, interesting statement, but I think this kind of boils down to Oklahoma shouldn't have lost to Kansas State. I mean, they had everything set up playing in what I think is a pretty weak conference. So, I mean, they had every opportunity to run the table, and losing to Kansas State was just not acceptable. So the fact that you've got a bunch of other teams up there, um, looking at your LSUs, Ohio State, Clemson, uh, Georgia, Alabama, somebody from the Pac-12, I mean, Oklahoma, they did it to themselves. So there's really nothing there's nothing they can do now but win out. But I agree with you, Roz. I think, you know, the only chance I think the Pac-12 had, or the big, I get them confused, the big 12 is Baylor winning? Um, and I don't know if they're going to win this week, but I do like them to keep it close here and under the 10 points. They had a huge win last week, triple overtime versus TCU, so it was cool to see them pull it out. Because Baylor, if you remember a couple of years ago, I mean they were it, they were awful. You know, after the Art Briles thing happened, they were a top team. Then they just went to the bottom, and now they've rebounded right back up. Oklahoma, they were cruising and. They were one play away, like you said, from losing Iowa State in the fourth quarter who just came storming back. I think Oklahoma's kind of done for the year. Jalen Hurts, we had a big Heisman push, but I just don't think it's going to happen anymore. I think Baylor keeps it close, and you know they're, they're playing, I think, for their college football playoff lives. I don't think Oklahoma has a shot, really, so I like Baylor here plus the 10. Fair. Uh, I just
1: think Baylor isn't explosive enough to keep up, and I think Oklahoma has been in these close games. They're scoring a lot of points. This defense needs to be checked because they have been absolutely brutal. The amount of points they've allowed is yeah. sickening.
2: The Big I think they explode. The place where defensive coordinators go to die.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just don't get it, honestly. Uh, I think we could be D de- coordinators there. In fact, we could ship our univ- – or not university. Our Deerfield High School coaches there, they'd succeed. And they were a terrible, terribly run team.
2: Yeah, and shout out Deerfield there in uh, the state quarterfinals this weekend for football. So, for football, yeah. What? They are state uh, quarterfinals? How? Who do we have? Uh, we're playing Lake Forest one o'clock this Saturday. Anybody- oh my! Are you guys going? Uh, I think I might go. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else get is. the boys fourth quarter crew.
1: For those who don't know, I've known Xander for a long time. For those who listen to the show, know that. Um, and our group of friends would be the fourth quarter crew for the Deerfield High School football team. Um, Wow. Wenneke's winning? This is going to give him another 50 years on his contract. God damn it.
2: Yeah, he's doing well, doing well. Um, So, yeah, Roz, I think two games are on the same side. Georgia minus 2.5 against Auburn. This is a very big matchup, and I think there are are no bigger Auburn fans in the building than Alabama right now um, because they need – Georgia to go down. Because, Roz, if you think about it, Georgia wins out, wins the SEC. Georgia and LSU, I think, both get in. Because a one loss SEC, you know, second place LSU, I think they're going to get in. So, Alabama definitely pulling for Auburn here. And then uh, we've also got Minnesota plus three. This is a tough spot for them, Roz. Traveling to number 20, Iowa. This is a very tough place to play. But one more win, one step closer to that Big Ten championship. So maybe they have a shot. I don't know. Maybe they lose by 50 to Ohio State, but I want to see it happen. I want to see two undefeated teams square off in the Big Ten championship.
1: I'm with you. I see this being the trap. I think Minnesota could lose this. Lose this. But remember, Penn State went in and covered in Iowa. So my, my hope is there. My sister goes to Minnesota. Hopefully she's going to some of these games. Um,
2: it wouldn't really be a trap. I mean, they are a three-point underdog.
1: I know. Well, eh, when it's for me, anything where you're the higher seed and it's like, "Wow, you're going to give me three points for this team," I mean, I think I'm running into a trap. That's my thought on it. It's like I think this is too easy to pick, but I'll probably be wrong. Wits, let's hop off of the top twenty-five. You name your last pick. I'll go in after you.
2: Yeah, I am taking Texas Tech. Plus three. Uh, this is also another two-unit play. I'm a big fan of the Red Raiders this week. Um, one of my strongest plays on the board in a while that I've seen. I know we've had a little bit of a tough stretch, but got back on it last week with a uh, you know a three and two slate. So uh, I'm seeing a couple two-unit plays, two-unit victories here this week. Uh, get us back closer to that even mark. So I'm, I'm a big fan of the Red Raiders this week.
1: You definitely need it. Um, for me, Joey Heisman Burrow is going to go into Ole Miss and absolutely dominate. I'm taking that minus 21. You know me and my big spreads. I'm loving it. Wits, we got into it, and I love that when we talk about college football playoffs. Usually me and you are on the same side. I think it's a little interesting this year um, to see the different sides that we are both on. Um, but that is all we have for college football this week. Obviously, we will be back with more college football as we move forward with the, with the season. But Wits... We've got some NFL stuff I want to address. First and foremost, I promised the listeners on the week where I had to go solo-dolo that we talk about Andy Dalton. And I think, not talking about him and his career, but talking about how he could be used as a measuring stick for the most average quarterback of all time. Wits, I feel like he is your quarterback, just like any good old movie where they have to put down the dog. Wits, it is your responsibility to put down the dog that is Andy Dalton, but to at least establish that he is the most average quarterback of all time.
2: Yeah. I think we had this conversation a couple weeks ago and I wrote down all the stats somewhere. I don't have them in front of me, but we were looking at the 2016 per game averages between the average NFL quarterback and Andy Dalton. And I know that his career, I think ranges nine years, I believe uh, starting from this year to from nine years ago. And, Roz, the numbers were pretty alarming. <laughs> they were all like within probably three or four percent of each other on every stat. Looking at yards, touchdowns, interceptions, uh, yards per attempt, and you know it kind of got us thinking. As much fun as we've made of Andy Dalton, and I've been in his corner a lot. I mean, looking at the longevity of his career, making the playoffs in half of his seasons, he started. I think Andy Dalton might just be the perfect measuring stick. For an average NFL quarterback and I think the question then you know then becomes you know if you had a good career or a bad career I think you just asked were you better than Andy Dalton and yeah, that I've, will answer the question for you.
1: I've got your stats so the average coming into the 2016 season with the NFL versus Andy Dalton's career statistics or for that season statistics so these are the average for quarterbacks in a season so The average for the NFL is 63%. Andy Dalton, 62.2. The average yardage is 3,863. He had 3,792. Yards and attempts, 7.2, 7.1. Turnover ratio or touchdown... What am I looking at? Dude, your handwriting is a... Oh, touchdowns total was 23. He had 24. Uh, Interceptions, 13. He had 14. Passer rating, 87.6. He had 88. He uh. He's pretty darn average, if, if those stats are all true. And he started 128 games out of 136, so that's an average of 15 games a season. Pretty average, if I may say so myself.
2: Yeah, and also had a career-winning percentage of about 55%. So taking all those into consideration, Roz, um, yeah, I think he is the perfect measuring stick. And it, it's sad to see him go because it's hard to stick around in the NFL – very average especially for that long but quarterback is that one position where a guy can find himself with a lot of opportunities and it's funny that he was all with the same team and you think about the years with Marvin Lewis it was like oh my god how does this guy still have a job after what seemed like five decades of just absolute mediocrity Um, and it seems like that disease has been passed on to Dallas with the Jason Garrett saga which seems never-ending as well but yeah, Roz, i think we need to pay a little ode to Andy Dalton um he's been such a you know a key talking point on the show i feel like for the last 3 or 4 years and now uh you know seems like his days in cleveland are numbered will he ever take since another he, since he, you you already forgot what team he's a part of maybe you're uh, foreshadowing Backs go to die um i think Andy Dalton could be a very serviceable backup on any anything <laughs> Right now, and if he was my backup quarterback, I'd be very confident if something bye,
1: happens. Bye, little Sebastian. You know that from Parks and Rec. You probably don't watch it. But we could do bye, bye, little Andy Dalton. Your average QB arm could only take you so far. But right. Let's, uh right. Let's move on to the picks. Well, one more thing before the picks. Colin Kaepernick is the Bears' new starting quarterback. Quick thought. Interjecting. No, nope. <laughs> I think it's a better option. But it's okay. Let's move on to the picks. I haven't even seen how well I did last week. I did 3-2 again. I'm great. You know, I'm staying positive. Lost about 0.3 of a unit. But it's okay because I'm 3-2. The Packers finally covered a spread for me. That's the first time in a long time. Um, the Packers are 8-2, and two. they just got flexed to Sunday night against the 49ers when they returned from their bye. Witty, you went 2-3, and three. so once again, you are falling off the beaten path. I've moved ahead of you, which is great. The only games I see there that is shocking is New Orleans went down to Atlanta, and I guess we have the can... Colts. That was pretty shocking.
2: Yeah, Colts, uh, Colts losing straight up to Miami. Also um... there, too. Yeah, knocked me clear out of uh, Survivor this year, which is a little bit upsetting. Um, but yeah, Brian Hoyer was absolute trash, and Miami uh, two in a row make it three. That's a winning streak. Uh, quote that for Major League, and they keep winning games that they shouldn't be winning because they don't, <laughs> they don't, they can't afford to take a lower draft pick. But uh, yeah, this is a horrible loss for the Colts and ten and a half point spread. I didn't even think about it the whole game because they were down. The entire time. Glad Jacoby Brissett is going to get back into the mix. Because I uh, missed him on uh, my rotisserie fantasy league. But Roz, we've got five new picks. It's a new week. And we both got two unit plays. And wow, way to copy of me. They are on the same team. So let's get right into it. Um, we both like the Saints. On the road against the Tampa Bay Bucks. And Roz, we all watched last week. Drew Brees, brutal. The Saints, brutal. Tell me why they're going to get back on track versus the vision full of Tampa Bay this week.
1: Well, Lamus Winston is going to turn over the ball just like he does every week. They're going to bounce back. The Saints are known for that, and they're going to go in there and absolutely obliterate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jameis Lewiston. So I'm feeling it. That's why I put two units on it. Did I copy you a little bit? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I, I had a lot going on this week as we started the beginning of the show, so me picking was based a little bit on you, so we share a couple other picks. I have a more favorable Patriot line at minus three. You have them at minus three and a half. I just think they're a better team than the Eagles, so we'll see how that goes down. I think Carson Wentz and the—oh, look at you. Are you going to change it? You can put it there. I'll give you the minus—oh, yeah. there he is.
2: Not this, doing in a hook.
1: This is bad radio here, but that was great to see on our, on our Google Doc. He just changed it back. He joins me at minus three. So who's copying who now? But yeah, I think Wentz, or not, Winston, whence the Cowboys? All of the above, although I'm about to pick the Cowboys. That NFC least division is poor, piss poor, if I may say, mo- may- if I may say so myself. Jesus, tongue twisters late here. Um, but yeah, so I think the Patriots are going to cover that one. You have any takes on that, or do you want to give a couple more of your picks?
2: I don't want to talk about the Patriots anymore, uh, but I do like the Panthers minus five and a half this week at home versus the Falcons. Uh, Panthers coming off a pretty, pretty hard fought loss against the Packers. Um, I think the Packers are clearly the better team, but Panthers hung tough. I think Kyle Allen puts it together a little more this week. And I mean, that Falcons defense is not green Bay. So Christian McCaffrey probably fire him up for 200 yards and something in the neighborhood of 40 touches. Uh, I I think the Panthers are going to, excuse me, take care of business this week. And uh, big fantasy news for all you uh, fantasy junkies out there. Um, Brian Hill, one of the biggest waiver wire additions I can remember in the last few weeks. Devonta Freeman out, Ido Smith placed on IR. So that's a guy who's going to get a lot of touches in that backfield. So we'll see if he can pay some dividends down the road for all you who picked him up this week. Uh, But I do like the Panthers minus five and a half. And then my last two games, Rod, We're going with the big underdogs. Uh, First, I'm taking the Cardinals. They're traveling to San Francisco. And if you remember this game a couple weeks ago, pretty close game. Kenyon Drake ran wild against San Francisco. And 49ers coming off a very tough loss on Monday night versus Seattle. So I love Arizona plus the 11.5 here. And I'm also going back to the team we just talked about, Cincinnati Bengals. 0-9, trying to get their first victory here. See if they can get Joe Mixon another 30 touches this week. Very rare to see a running back get 30 carries when you lose by 40 points, but that's what happened in Cincy last week. Uh, I do like them, plus 10.5, traveling to Oakland. Uh, The Raiders surprised a lot of people this year, but I think Cincinnati finds a way to keep this close and cover that 10.5-point spread on the road.
1: Yeah, uh, I like your picks. You're a little overzealous there with the bottom teams, but let me ride this. We are looking at a turning point at two teams and their franchises moving forward. We've got the Rams versus the Bears. I'm going Rams minus 6.5 here. The Rams need to show that they're still showtime and have one of the best offenses in the league. They need to get Todd Gurley going, inject some steroids into those old-ass knees of his. Uh, So let's go Rams minus 6.5. Bills are going to end what looked to be a good thing for the Dolphins, but the Dolphins just remembered, hey, we need that first overall pick. So the Bills, minus five and a half. And then Detroit is just a sad sappa team. I don't know what Stafford's deal is. Maybe it'll be another late scratch. But I'm going to take the Cowboys, minus three and a half, after an embarrassing loss to the Vikings on Sunday Night Football. That is a win you need, a win I need, so that the Packers can get separated a little bit from the Minnesota Vikings. But the Cowboys are trash, just like the rest of the NFC least. And uh, we'll have to see where it goes from there. But Wits we're going to challenge you to do one thing before we go and before we have your outro. Tell me how good the Packers are. Yeah,
2: they're
1: okay. Don't, don't give me an ad. Not give, me, give me some adjectives with that. No, they're, they're just very okay.
2: Adjectives.
1: Ba, 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 ba. Dude, all I hear is touchdowns. Dude, not to mention that you're riding the back of Aaron Jones. Go Pack Go. Can I get that from you? Come on. Give me one Go Pack Go.
2: Oh, I love Aaron Jones, but I, you will not get a Go Pack Go from me.
1: Go Pack Go. All right. Well, whatever. Wits, if you won't say Go Pack Go, at least tell the listeners you're excited to see me in a week and tell me give me a nice little outro.
2: I don't lie to the listeners. I never will. So I'm not going to say it. But uh, yeah, you are coming into town, so I, I may or may not see you. i uh, will love to see how it shakes out. Wow. Well,
1: as anticlimactic as that was, fans, I will give us a great outro. Your boy from the hood of Deerfield, Illinois, will be returning for not an episode next week, but two weeks from now for a great in-person episode with his buddy, his best pal, Xander Horwitz. I'm excited to be back. I hopefully will make it out alive of this new job. If I don't, wits, I will... Leave in my will this podcast for you. You'll have to do it alone because I will put legal ramifications around you having another host. Uh, but that's it, guys. That's this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoy. Hit us up on social media. And you know we're everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest. Is that a thing? I don't even know. TikTok is new. I've got some videos out there on some random girls' phone. So if they show up, I promise you they're clean for the everyday viewer. Uh, and that's it. We will catch you next time. This has been the opening line where we like to keep the line moving, everybody. Catch you next time. Oh shit.
0: Nice. Hey. You want You really want <laughs> Hot shit. Uh, I moved out to Los Angeles seven months ago. Rotate the batch of ladies, always in and out the Casado. when And casalo. once you leave, I make another plate of eggs and avocados. Alphicado. Come on, guitar, and practice my vibrato. Amado, magically inclined to hit the lado. Oh, I don't even have the cream. The bro, small small I stay up. I have to get it in pro layup. My oh. reputation counts, man. I figure out when. I, I, want to split that with my friends, I keep on considering the plans, I'll be there with 50 rubber bands, 50 in my hands, it go down, welcome around, yeah, yeah, all out my mind, pride forget it popping like a cola, ta-ta, you're good with that damn good. Are popular switching the flow up modular. Y'all just choked and I talked to it. Now you scope with binoculars and insist that my trick is to rub my lips a kilometer. Picky, picky, picky with the words. Get the form, get the reps. It don't work out like I wanted. I don't fret like a neck hunger. Toss step to this if you please. I'ma squeeze every lemon tree life has given me. Oh, yeah. What's it gonna mean for me? I got love in the music. i pushing and losing if I can just de boa